welcome to this bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by Rocio Rivera, PhD, the Global Senior Vice President of La Mer. This is going to sound like a sponsored episode, but I promise you it's not. Rocio is someone I've been wanting to get on the show for months. As some of you know, I was flown to Singapore earlier in the year with La Mer, with KOLs from all over the world. I was the only guest they brought over from Australia, humble brag. And one of the people I met was Dr. Rivera. Now, I have had a relationship with La Mer for many years now, both as a consumer and someone with a working relationship with the brand. But even I have found it to be a brand with a lot of mystery surrounding it. I've known that the products work. I've seen firsthand what they do for the skin. But it wasn't until I listened to Dr. Rivera speak in Singapore that I really understood the depth of research that goes into each product and just how special the story of the brand is, which is why I really wanted her to relay all of that to my audience. Le Mer was founded in... 1965, after Max Huber spent something like 12 years creating an elixir to heal serious burns that he had suffered in a lab explosion, that elixir is the Le Mer Miracle Broth, which is found in every single Le Mer product, all of them. And something I learned on the trip is that each new batch of Miracle Broth contains a drop from the previous batch, kind of like a sourdough starter. So there really is this rich history woven through each product. What I love about Dr. Rivera's story is how she talks about beauty and what drew her to this particular area of science. She talks about how a pharmacist might only see a patient when they're in need and she likened it to a firefighter. No one is calling the fire department to say, hi, I'm safe and there's no fire. How do I keep it this way? But when you work with the skin, there's this touch point, there's this human element, and it's all about how the science makes you feel. And I just thought that was really special to listen to. A brief aside, this is the final episode of season five of the Glow Journal podcast. I'm wrapping up slightly early this year because I am getting married on Saturday. So my name will be Gem Diamond when you hear from me next, but I am, that's not a joke, by the way, I might pop back on here for a wedding recap. Maybe we could chat about wedding skin if you'd like. So if that's something that you are interested in or not, please let me know. In this conversation, Rothio shares why her role at La Mer really is full circle, why the iconic creme de la mer must be applied at a specific temperature, and whether there's any truth to the rumour that every jar of creme is individually hand poured. We start every single interview in the very same way. So I want to go right back to where it all began. What is your very earliest memory of beauty? Did you grow up with an interest in science? And if not, what did you think you might grow up to be? So during my childhood, I really did spend tons of time in my family's business. Mm -hmm. Um, My family... um, owns, uh, my family owned uh, some pharmacies in Spain. So my dad owns a pharmacy and my um, grandfather also owned a pharmacy and my uncle owned a pharmacy and their family owned. Um, And I 
grew up around this environment. My aunt and uncles were um, all either doctors, dentists. So there was a heavy um, um, scientific um, element in every, you know, at every step of my of my week and on the weekends as well when we went to visit my my grandfather to his pharmacy. And, you know, I was really always fascinated by this duality of science and beauty, the, the formulation aspect of, of uh, the pharmacy. You know, um, I remember my grandfather, you know, when you when it's a little village and it's a pharmacy, they come, the, the, the patients come uh, asking for uh, knowledge. They come with a pathological, um, you know, from a pathological standpoint, uh, because something is not right, something's not feeling well. And, you know, that really resonated with me, you know, the scientific element of supporting people, helping people healing someone from the pathology into the healthy state. But then I have to admit that there was another element within the pharmacy that really caught my attention and got me in trouble several times with my dad, because he's like, you're not working here on the weekends anymore because, you know, you cost me more money than you help me make money, which was uh, beauty products. <laughs> and, you know, he sold um, topicals, um, mm -hmm. uh, formulations. But um, what really, really caught my attention was the, um, it's called formulas magistrales, so um, special formulations that he would actually make in the back. Uh, mixing things and um, that really really made me um, it was like the cooking portion of and, and the power of mixing elements that did not come in a box and to make someone feel better and beyond the feeling the looking that's that you know the skin getting better or something getting better it was how that made me feel. So as a young uh, Rocio and as I, I grew up, there was a feeling involved in, in, in these creams that I used to just say, oh, I'm taking all of these creams with me. And he would let me take them and he would get upset that, you know, I use so much. So that healing component and, and the, the physical healing, but also the emotional connection that, that these products would create on me that I couldn't quite articulate to my dad because he was not convinced of that emotion. Mm -hmm. He just thought it was, you know, I was just being a little girl. Um, really, really stuck with me. And as I continue to grow and, and pursue, you know, my studies, I knew science had to be a very strong part of it and healing. I just didn't know quite yet how to get there. More specifically, so we've covered your first memories of beauty and skincare quite broadly. What's your first memory of La Mer? I remember you telling a really sweet story about this when we were in Singapore. So I, there's, there's um, a very um, special uh, connection with La Mer and myself. It's, it's interesting how things really connect with each other and, um, how life sometimes takes you to a full circle. So when I was a PhD student in neuroscience, my uh, professor, um, my PhD advisor, a very uh, strong neuroscientist in the, in the field of neuroscience, he um, was a Lamer user himself. And so was his partner. So she was also, an, she is, they're both, um, they still are incredible Lamer, um, um, we 
passionate um, of this cream. And I remember, you know, as a, as a young PhD student thinking, oh my gosh, this cream, like these people swear by it. They're hardcore scientists. And it's it's a cream that I really aspired and aspired to because their skin, frankly, was impeccable. They both have phenomenal skin, um, but also at the same time that these hardcore scientists truly swore by this cream and they would really go back over and over and over again. So that was my first real memory with Lamir, where I truly became aware of something that I admired from the scientist perspective, but also from the emotion, that aspiration of, wow, like when you get to be a professor, now you get to use this cream. You fast forward to my um, postdoc. So when I finished my PhD student studies in, in Madrid, in Universidad Autónoma with, with him. Then I moved to NYU School of Medicine. And that's exactly at the time that I turned 30. And my husband, uh, for my 30th birthday, got me a jar, a creme, a jar, a creme jar. Um, that it just, it gives me the goosebumps right now to mm -hmm. think about it. But that was my 30th birthday present when we arrived and and we just landed in, in New York to do, you know, with, with our lives ahead as two very young, um, as a very young newly married couple. And he chose precisely this creme to start our life. That was 15 years ago um, in New York. And and it just, it, it made me feel, oh my God, I made it. Like I have this creme uh, like Juan did, you know? So that's my first memory of, of La Mer. I love that it's so full circle. And then sort of a second circle again, when you look at what you're doing now. Yes, Amazing. that is absolutely, yeah, it, it just, it's, um, when I think about it, it's, things don't happen on their own. I, I believe in the lack and the, and the work that you put in. And of course, there's elements that have to uh, go by. I'm, I've been very blessed, um, but I believe that the blessings come also from hard work and perseverance and, and you know, really um, feeling strong about a passion and a belief and, and Yes, it did become quite full circle, I have to say. <laughs> Naturally, I do want to talk all things La Mer and Miracle Broth with you, but I do want to share a bit more of your story while I've got you because you are such an impressive woman. You have a PhD in molecular biology neuroscience. You obviously mm -hmm. had that early interest in science given your upbringing. You were clearly drawn to beauty, but what do you think it was that really pulled you into it? It's one thing to have kind of a peripheral interest in something, but to then make your life about this. What do you think it was about beauty and about science that drew you in? And where did you picture yourself working one day? So as, as I mentioned, um, my education truly become during my childhood immersed in 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 the scientific elements of, of and medicine that of my family, but that doesn't make a passion. Mm. Um, science has has a, an element that truly, truly um, anchors my my beliefs, which is that they're very it's very factual, but also science is constant build. It's never you're never there. You're there's always a, an insatiable um, element of keep pushing, keep finding the next finding. And I'm a very, um, um, I'm very passionate to know more. I, I, I'm not static, I'm quite um, uh, energetic. And 
science really brought that to to me i i really you know grew up fascinated like i said with these formulas you know how they were created at my at my dad's hands and the capacity that he had to heal and really protect transform and you know but really work on, on, on this patient's hair or this skin or whatever they needed these formulas. Um, but it really, like I said, it impacted me, the emotional element, how, you know, and, and if you think about it, the, 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 there's a placebo concept that, you know, exists for a reason. Our brains have the capacity to also, you know, get us to that space of healing. So, I believe, and, and of course, science uh, has proven that there is a relationship between the healing aspect of something that you put on your skin and, of course, how that makes you feel. You know, skin is a, is a reflection of overall health. It's what we see first in the mirror. It's what others see of us. And um, I, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And the fact that um, you could... Um, if you think of what makes the skin, it's actually sensory neurons innervate them. And that's precisely my background. So I have a PhD in neuroscience and molecular biology, and I study the sensory neurons. Um, you know, they sit in your spinal cord and they send one arm to your brain and another arm to either your muscles or your skin. And they dictate how you have, you know, coordinated movement, like for example, walking or playing the piano, but also touch and sensation. So I started my PhD studies with these sensory neurons and how do they relate to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, memory, long-term memory, short-term memory. But I kept being very interested in the sensory neurons and the aspect on furthermore, like touch and sensation. So I came to NYU and then to Columbia University to do two postdocs where I would further invest into understanding sensory neurons when they innervate the muscle to have this coordinated movement so what are the genes? What are the, what are the guiding principles? There's over 50 muscles um, mm. that these little, you know, kind of like arms have to find during embryological spaces to really innervate the right muscle to really have this coordinated movement. And then there's the other side of the skin. It's innervated by this um, sensory neuron. So if you think about it, um, the brain and my expertise is strongly linked with um, um, skincare and formulation because the senses play a much more bigger role than we all think when it comes down to skincare. Um, think about a lips, a red lipstick on your lip um, when you put it on and, and, and what you just said, you said yourself, I did microneedling because I have a, a wedding in a month. Mm. So the one of the main things you're working on is, you know, how, how you perceive your skin. And you only you know how this is going to make you feel prepared for this incredible moment in your life that I'm so glad also that your La Mer is part of your journey. Of course. But to me, it's it's um it was really that element of really the, the strong science behind a formulation, because net net at the end of the day, the formula has to work. There has to be the scientific proof. There has to be the scientific um, element to it. But then also, how how does that make you feel? You think of La Mer. Um, La Mer is those two elements, which I'm strongly attracted to. It's these exquisite textures that really take you to the next level. That pampering moment, but then at the same time, you know 
your skin is being healed, it's being maintained through the health. And uh, this is where it becomes um, that incredible synergy that I'm so fortunate to have arrived at in my in my career. You've been working within the beauty industry for over a decade now, beginning as a chemist, working your way up to a vice president of scientific communications role and have been global senior vice president of La Mer since early 2022. What were some of the early lessons that you picked up when your career was in its infancy that you find you're still applying to your work now? I would say um, a very early on lesson was, you know, I grew up in a in an environment where I I thought or I I was made believe that you know what do you want to be when you grow up and you know I never had an answer to that I knew the space that made me comfortable I knew where I felt good and where I thrived and it came natural to me I just didn't know how to um um, materialize it as a, as a word, as a name. And I, that was a constant I maintained um, throughout my entire um, uh, academical um, career, meaning I knew if I wanted science, I had to really push for um, an element of, of academics that was strong enough to really give me the strongest foundation that I believed in. I knew pharmacy was not my um, my um, space. Uh, it was just it was missing that element of maintaining healthy skin, which my dad never did, and neither did my my um, uncles or my aunts as doctors and nurses. They always saw people at a pathological state, and once people are healthy, it's like calling nine one one or the fire department. No one calls them to say, "Hey, by the way, there's no fire. Thank you so much." Or nine one one. By the way, I'm safe. You know, thank you so much. So I always thought there was a miss in maintaining health um, there. I just didn't know how to do it. So I knew I needed a strong scientific pillar. Um, but then along the way, I knew I had to open up my mind and network. That was very important. Open my mind and open my ears and my senses and leave judgment behind of what is a serious career. You know, I know my dad would have, at, at the time he would have been like, he was actually, Rocio, are you sure you don't wanna be a, a PI? You know, you have such an incredible career. And I said, I'm very sure, I, this is the industry I wanna be in. Of course, he's now extremely proud. And, you know, he, he's there, my family's in Spain, I'm from Spain and, and, you know, he really talks wonders about me. But at the time, you know, I, I know his generation was more fixed you grow up to be a lawyer or mm. a chef or, you know, a doctor or a nurse or whatever it is you knew from the get-go. I knew that was not. But what I did know is that um, strong foundations, academically speaking, were crucial and mm. support from a network and leaving judgment behind to really open myself to finding those opportunities. And those opportunities do come if you work on them and you allow yourself to also find things that may not necessarily fit right, but you know you have to go through them. So if I look back, there's no way I would be sitting here with you in this incredible role that I sit with, in this incredible brand, if I had not gone through the prior steps of the PhD, 
you know, having the, the NYU postdoc, the Columbia University postdoc, the beauty industry environment. I spent three years in the lab mm. um, myself suffering, frankly, to put these formulas together. And you have to sometimes really know exactly the pain points and the challenges that come from things and really be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is a constant in my life that I am comfortable in the uncomfortable. And frankly, once I get comfortable, then I'm like, I don't know, I need to step out of my comfort zone. So being uncomfortable in your own shoes, it's it's a blessing and finding a strong foundation of what it is that the area that you like, and it will come with, um, with that and a strong network. I have read that women make up about 25% of the number of people studying STEM and it's something like 15 of the people 15% of the people working in STEM. This might be a difficult question to answer, but why do you think that is? I'm not aware of the statistics, so thank you for sharing. I'm I'm not the the best to answer on those statistics. What I can tell you is that from the very early age um in Spain and here in the US um I have been surrounded by by women, um, for starting from my 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 mother and you know my father and his sisters. Um, my grandmother was a very strong woman, and and that came along in my journey. In you know in my PhD studies uh, during the college, I would say I was mostly surrounded by incredible uh, women. And, Love that. But I do I do believe that. It stems from from supporting um, each other, and you know, if I look back at the the labs that I've been in during my PhD and the um, the labs that I was at as a postdoc, I would I remember you know the the two strongest um, PIs that I've worked with and four were women, uh, incredible scientists. You think of uh, Lamer, um, a global brand president, uh, Sandra Main, who you met in Singapore, mm. uh, an incredible executive, incredible leader, a woman. Our global head of marketing, Magali, is a woman. Our global head of uh, research and development um, is a woman, Lisa Napoleoni. Our head of uh, science of Lamer, Dr. Jamie Emmesberger, is a woman. Uh, so. I have to say in, you know, I am mostly surrounded by women, um, but I do agree that there's just something to to really ensure that along the way, because I know the, the, the power of networking, I know the power of support, I know the power of mentorship at every step of the way, not a single decision I've made in my life, I created on my own. It truly takes a village and it takes a village of family, friends, Mm -hmm. colleagues, peers, um, people that have reported to you. I can tell you how many people actually factor in and give me perspective um, when I make decisions in my life and environments that I move into. And most likely it's mostly women, um, but of course men in my team, you know, I would say 95% of of my team in product development is women. Uh, They happen to be women. So, um, but I do agree that um, we have to support each other. I'm a very strong um, advocate for women in science, um, but also a strong support of bringing women, bringing men to women in science, Mm. meaning 
you know, ensuring that, you know, for example, I have a boy and a girl, I have uh, two children, and it is as important to me to empower my daughter uh, uh, into, you know, any element that she wants to do as, as it is to empower my son. So ensuring that um, the community that surrounds me feels supported um, in what I can do and empowering the network that I have around. I love that. Let's talk La Mer. I've been a consumer of the brand for many, many years now, as you know. I feel so fortunate to have a working relationship with the brand. However, even I have found it to be a brand with a significant amount of mystery and intrigue behind mm-hmm. it, if you will. Can you share with me a little bit about the brand's history and where it all began for Dr. Max Huber? In as much or as little detail as you wish, what is the miracle broth and what can it do for the skin? Well, Yama, thank you so much for being a, a partner in crime. Uh, <laughs> we're very... Uh, Lucky to partner with you and very happy that you are a Lamir devotee, like we call um, our Lamir users. Um, I mean, once you once you have your first experience with the cream, that's it. <laughs> I agree. There is, and, and I agree with what you said in your question about the mystery. Mm. There is a lot of um, elements that um, are mysterious about Lamir, but there's many elements that I'm sure I'm going to share with you that you're going to be like, oh, I know that. I know that. So let me walk you a little bit about the history. So Lemaire began, as you know, with uh, Dr. Max Huber. He was an aerospace physicist and he looked to the sea itself to really heal and transform skin. And he was really inspired by the giant sea kelps, uh, which has the natural soul regenerating powers. And Dr. Max Huber looked into these precious living algae, which can grow up to two feet a day as a source of renewal. So basically this kelp uh, is one of the uh, fastest living organisms in the in the world. You cut it, you clip it, and then the next day, two feet grow. So he was fascinated by this self-regenerating power, and he looked into it. And he was really inspired by his background, by the power of physics and energy, to really take an innovative approach to really restore skin's vitality. And Dr. Huber took it a step farther. And really, really ahead of his time, he fermented ingredients to the energies of vibrating copper plates, which I um, know you're also aware Mm. of, and also the weights of light to enhance its activity and really to create our cell-renewing elixir that you have mentioned, um, the Miracle Broth, which really runs through every single one of our products, including the makeup products. Um, that's something that, you know, I really want to, um, repeat again, it's in every single product and we have so many, including the makeup. So, um, this fermentation process, um, and I know you had a, um, a peek at it, Mm. um, in Singapore, it really, really is a craft. Um, it's a patient craft, um, of fermentation that takes about from three to four months, I would say. And it's what is called biofermentation. So, the actives that are what you put in, the sum is bigger than, you know, each piece on its own. Mm. What ends up at the end of these three to four months, it's really unique and it does not exceed nature unless going through this process. And the giant sea kelp that I've mentioned that we source um, from one place in the world, sustainably source, and other pure ingredients are the ones that are exposed to this sun spectrum light and the sonic energy that you also saw in Singapore uh, from these copper plates that Mr. Uh, that Dr. Huber himself did. And it really charges the, um, the equilibrium and creates this bioactivity, which ensures that you have the maximum energy potential in this miracle broth. From there, 
the miracle growth goes into every single product um, that we have our vehicle that's how you uh, call it scientifically speaking when you have a cream or you have a serum or you have a toner or you have a treatment lotion etc so that would be a little bit of the journey and where the story began with la mer i heard the most extraordinary fact while we were in singapore and i haven't been able to stop talking about it i heard that each time a new batch of miracle broth is created it contains a drop of the batch that came before it. Could you talk me through it? That is that is absolutely right. And I'm so glad you remember that. It is an, a fact I will say that myself really resonated with me when I was outside of the brand and reading about it, um, because it's true. Each time we create a new batch of uh, Miracle Broth, uh, it is infused with drops from the uh, batch that came before it, which creates a timeless link to the original that Max created from the beginning. So it really is that uh, continuum of that um, initial seed um, mm. of Miracle Broth. Incredible. And then you reignite it with the energy and create this uh, Miracle Broth that goes into every single product. It's all in the details, isn't it? The One of the biggest takeaways for me post-Singapore, I think being a luxury brand, I was kind of blown away by just how much research and development and really science goes into all of the La Mer products. I can understand why consumers tend to think luxury and science are mutually exclusive, particularly when it comes to skincare, but it's it's so far from the truth. You shared some pretty incredible research around the Miracle Broth and its impact on the skin's lipidome that I would love to share with our audience. Firstly, for the uninitiated, what is the skin's lipidome and how is our skin's lipid profile so important why is it so important you know thank you for asking and i'm really excited to go over this and the fact that you found it interesting um, i filmed your uh, whole presentation and watched it back <laughs> i was just blown away by it because i'm a really a, a, a very scientist dorky scientist and sometimes you know even my kids are like mom are you sure people want to hear about that so the yes fact they that do really just brings me a big <laughs> smile on my face um, yes, there's massive, massive amounts of science behind every product um, that we do. And you did see, you did say it yourself, it's all in the details and the is about all in the details. And so going to your question on the lipodomics, which is a very interesting field of science that it's not really quite out there. But once I go into it, you'll see that you really already know what it is. So lipodomics is truly the study of the lipids that we have in our skin, um, kind of like the lipid profile. You think of lipidomics, think of the microbiome. We all know we've heard mm -hmm. of the microbiome. It's like the, what is it that we have on our skin that we actually need as we have, for example, in our gut, right? All this um, microbiome that really support a skin barrier. So the lipidomics is actually the lipids, uh, the profile of lipids that we, all of us, which is unique to us, um, have on our skin. It is really an emerging field, like I said, of research that really aims to truly understand the biological systems through analysis of the lipids. Um, and these skin lipids really determine the barrier function of the skin, as, as you know, which really provide the first defense that we have against micro microbes and also is very important in signaling mediators. So if you think of environmental aggressors and stressors that really modify the lipid 
composition of our skin, it really creates a skin reactivity which compromises the skin barrier. So what happens when skin barrier is compromised? It's really more prone to irritation, it's more prone to inflammation, to water loss that really can result in something that we can see. So when you see rough skin, uncomfortable tightness, loss of the facial uh, fullness, fullness, it really is because there's a decrease in lipid metabolism. So how many lipids are on our skin? And it really can weaken that epidermal barrier functionality, which really results in skin becoming more susceptible, like I said, to inflammation, which in turn shows visible signs of aging. So net-net, it really brings you down to you're aging faster than your skin should be. So if we go back to the your question about um, you know, my background and my, my childhood, it's really maintaining skin health, right? It's calling 911 to say, hey, we're okay. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing here. It's really ensuring that lipids on your skin are maintained at a healthy level so that barrier function is not compromised and therefore creating uh, fine lines, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, you know, lack of um, collagen breakdown, which in turn um, uh, show like loss of volume, et cetera. The macrocystis periphera farming that you heard about, also known as microglobal, uh, miracle broth, really truly supports um, healthy lipid metabolism. So creating new lipids and our findings that you actually saw um, that we share with you, with uh, Dr. Gold, the dermatologist, Dr. Jamie Emesberger and myself, really suggest that we can actually mitigate the lipid aging process really from within, thereby enabling um, a youthful and healthy skin lipodome. So what that means is really ensuring that you maintain the healthy state so you don't go into um, a um, fast aging process and maintaining really give you the best skin that you're supposed to have. So in terms of what Miracle Broth can do for the lipid dome, that's sort of activating the skin's natural production of those lipids? That is correct. So uh, what we have done and we constantly do at the Max Huber Research Labs, you know, like I said, this miracle broth was created, you know, decades ago, mm. but we don't stop there. We don't stop researching about it because if you think about it, science um, gives us new tools, new knowledge that help us look into what is this incredible um, active that we have and what is it really doing? So this continuous research made us look into this um, the youth regenerating miracle broth into what is it doing? Uh, what is the activity and how is it affecting the lipodomics? And it really demonstrated that it's a catalyst for soft youth and red skin. And these latest studies that um, we show you in Singapore really prove, um, and actually we did this with a peer review scientific article with seven top US dermatologists, um, that uh, the skin gets activated into the lipid production to enrich the youthful lipodome. So going back to having the lipids that younger skin has, which is really truly vital to plump ageless looking skin. It's very important to know that as we age, our lipid levels really begin to decline. It starts as early as 20. Nothing to worry about when you're in your 20s, but please know that as we as, as the years go by, it's really a matter of maintaining. So, um, and then when we get about during 50 to 55, the lipid production um, on your skin, it's reduced by mostly 40%. And you can actually provide your skin from the top out, right? And just give a cream, a moisturizer, that's very intuitive. But we found that the Miracle Broth actually 
works inside of your skin to activate your natural production of essential lipids from the inside and really empowers your own cells to renew, repair, and really strengthen itself. So you're not really, what you're doing is really um, activating and empowering your cells to do what they know what to do that they were not able to because of uh, inflammation, irritation, and uh, barrier function that has been compromised. And meaning that what does that look on your skin? It's really going back to that healthy state, that plumpness, that youthful look that we all know uh, when a skin looks like that. You also shared some findings around La Mer's liquid crystal technology. Can you mm-hmm. share a bit more on what this is and what it means for our skin? You know, this is a very um, uh, important um, uh, question when it comes down to our most iconic, the most iconic cream in the in the market, which is creme. Um, there's a, a, a ritual. I know, I'm sure you know about the ritual. And there's a reason to the ritual. And if you put creme on your face as it comes in the jar, there's definitely, you know, not, you're not really releasing the full power that um, Dr. Max Huber himself created uh, from the beginning. So the creme de la mer really has that unique liquid crystal. So that polarity of a liquid and a crystal structure and the delivery system is really the secret to the transformational power. So um, you feature the physical properties of both a liquid and a solid, which is really a unique technology that protects the life force of the miracle broth and the actives, which are inside the formula and really cocoons the skin with this ritual. So when you have creme, uh, you pick it up, you don't need too much, it's just a pea side. Um, You warm it in your hand between your fingertips that creates, it brings broth, it brings the creme back to our body temperatures, um, which is higher than it is in the jar, which is room temperature. We are mm. around um, a certain uh, Celsius, around, um, oh my God, I'm blanking, 35 Celsius, between 35 and 37. Um, room temperature would be around 25, depending on where you are. Um, and then when you're warming up these, um, the creme, you know, it starts white. Mm-hmm. And as you warm it up, it actually becomes transparent. What you're doing is you're really um, um, melting with your fingertips, the liquid crystal structure, and it really releases the energies that are hidden to really unlock that broth and really go into the skin. Uh, so it's very important to do that ritual to really transform the liquid, the solid, the crystal solid into the liquid as it goes into your skin. Otherwise, you're not really maximizing the power of this incredible creme formula. Well, I'm glad you mentioned temperature there because something I learned only recently was how precise and specific the process of physically packaging creme de la mer is. It needs to be poured at a certain temperature to maintain the texture and its efficacy. There's so much precision required. What can you tell me about the creme delivery system and you know that the sort of ritual that you've just talked through and how that relates to how the product is essentially packaged so the creme is a it's um it's definitely has a very specific processing um to your to your point i will say i thought it was just creme but um there's definitely um a very unique there's a craft in every single product that we make from when it's made in the lab in very small batches to all the way up where you know you see the beautiful product on shelf that ends up in the in the consumers of the devotees hand um 
I myself, I have to admit, I started uh, my role a year and a half ago. And this was something that really intrigued me and really um, resonated with me as the craft and in in, in things that are made with time and you don't rush. There are things that you can't rush. It's like making um, a cake, you know, you know, you have to bake it for 30 minutes and it is what it is. And if you don't want to bake it for 30 minutes, then you might as well not do the cake. So creme is in particular um, a very, very special um, formula. So it is produced, like you said, it in small batches worldwide. There's a specific amount uh, and we can hold higher than that. And it is very important in the process that it is hand filled. Why? Because creme is made um, and it stays warm. It is has to be hand filled. And I'm going to say that again, hand filled by one person. Every single jar that is out in the world is hand filled by a person. And it's only within eight hours of production to really maintain that iconic wow. texture. So when the creme really is pouring into the jars and I, I, say this as I like, you know, this is one of a, a, a big moment in my career, I have to admit when I went um, and saw how this is done, I, it really gave, it gives me goosebumps right now, but I felt so humbled and so honored to be seeing a, a process that I've always read about. But when you see it in person, it truly, that emotional connection uh, with the craft and why this creme is so, so unique really kind of like all the pieces come together and it really when you when you create it it's warm so it's kind of liquid so you put it in the jar one by one and it's liquid once it cools it becomes this rich texture that we're known for so if you um if you pass those eight hours we've already allocated the temperature during those hours the mm -hmm. outside temperature of the facility and the kettle where the creme is being, you know, poured out for the jars. And after eight hours, the temperature then goes to a, a temperature that it becomes solidified and you can no longer um, um, kind of like pour it out. And so this is why the, the, the creme de la mer non rejuvenating energies really go through this application ritual. Like we said, the warming and the melting is extremely important. Why? Because you really, you bring it down to that liquid space, that, that liquid state uh, that we start with. And it's very important to really penetrate the skin and really unlocking that cell renewing force of the miracle broth as it floods your skin. Um, but without that, the miracle broth is really protected in this liquid structure and it's not released until you warm it up um, at a at the similar uh, temperature that our skin has when we warm it up as it was in the kettle when it was made within those eight hours. Blows my mind. I've heard all this, but it's still, it just absolutely blows my mind. Now, this is different to the soft cream, which was actually reformulated earlier this year. What can you tell me about the new moisturising soft cream? So the newly uh, reformulated uh, moisturising soft cream, which I hope you've tried and of you got course. your hands <laughs> on several in Singapore. Uh, it really features um, a really powerful new delivery system. And it's a, a lightweight texture that is quite um, uh, unique and also separated from um, the creme. Actually, we were the ones in 2012 that came up with, for the first time in the industry, with this soft texture. 
and now others have followed, uh, but we were the ones with the moisturizing soft cream. And it's really um, a lightweight texture that really helps build that uh, youthful softness, soft skin, not that rigid skin, but soft and uh, that really resists the signs of aging really from the inside out. So really magnifying those elements through the delivery system. A very unique element of a moisturizing soft crease that's unique to this formula, it's the uh, multi-size um, moisture spheres that really give the soft cream this sumptuous smooth texture that you know, and the advanced efficacy through optimized delivery and performance because the texture has to also be aligned with delivering all of these actives into the skin. So you could think of Vaseline or Aquaphor, something that's really um, a seal on the skin, it's not gonna deliver. What's gonna do is create a seal, but it won't bring anything in. So it's important that our textures deliver the actives to where they need to be. and. Now each jar contains more spheres, which by the way, have also been graduated into different sizes to really optimize performance. So we counted and there's billions of these multi-size uh, spheres into each jar. Uh, and why the multi-sphere versus why they're not all the same? Because if you think of our skin, uh, when you think of a diagram of the skin, we all think of like a wall, right? Of like the same, yeah. like all these rectangles, which is a very, um, it's a very good way to remember what the skin is, but that's really not the reality. Cells um, are not necessarily all the same size and there's areas uh, of uniqueness in terms of the bridges that are between them. So if you put just the same size, you're really not maximizing because they will go in through some areas, but not through others. So really wanted, we wanted to create multi-size spheres to really be able to go into the skin layer by layer and really saturate it from every single angle. And then by fitting within the skin with this 3D precision, which are these multi-spheres, um, then they burst into the skin when you're touching them. So you pay attention next time when you put it on, you you kind of feel like a freshness. That is the burst of these spheres onto your skin, which is really taking the miracle broth where the skin needs it. And the results are really the healing moisture that you know about with longevity that really, really lasts and helps to maintain the healthy skin, but also really resists future signs of aging. So it really works on fine bright lines. And we have data that we also show that in just eight weeks, when you use with continuous use, those visible age is really soft in a way and the lines really appear uh, diminished and also the pores. So it really um, has become a staple uh, and we were really excited to bring this reformulation to our devotees um, because the last time, as, you, as I said, you know, we brought this to market in 2012 and even the moment we launch a product, we're constantly looking at new innovations and we make sure that we only touch the formula when it's truly relevant and there's an advancement there. Mm. Now, this is a purely selfish question from me, but there were a number of us in Singapore who were just blown away by how beautiful your skin is. And I know that oh, those people you. are going to be very disappointed in me if I don't ask you this. What does your daily skincare routine look like? Well, you're making me blush now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. You know, I... I will share something that um, it's very intuitive when I share it, but if I don't share it, you, once you share it, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. You know, your skincare routine is, it's, um, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, it really is unique to everyone's skin. I will say that um, I always compare my skincare routine to going to the gym and a marathon. So 
in order to be fit, in order to be healthy, just going to the gym is not going to do it. You know, there there's a holistic approach. It's like drinking water, avoiding certain, you know, trying to get your eight hours of sleep, going to the gym um, or exercise, you know, have a, a personal fulfilled moments, laugh, laugh, sleep, you know, food. So it's really a holistic approach. And by what I mean by that is I am very conscious about my skincare. I pay close attention to the sun. I make sure for not just for beauty reasons, but for health reasons. Um, as you know, the sun is uh, the main cause of uh, skin aging, but also um, it can really create um, pathologies on our skin. So staying away from the sun, although I come from Spain and the Mediterranean, and, um, and frankly, my dad never told me you have to wear SPF. Um, because at that time it was just nothing, not something that was widely mm. talked about. Um, but I did learn early on through science that the sun, um, is necessary for us as humans and our skin needs it in very small doses, um, and with caution. With that being said, cleansing is really, really critical. Uh, cleansing has been shown if you don't cleanse your skin well, um, and I'm not speaking about, of course, makeup, which you can tell I'm wearing makeup. But even when I wake up in the morning and at night, if I have not worn makeup, if you think about when you wake up in the morning, you have been on your pillow mm. uh, touching, you know, with your hair, uh, we have oils, we sweat uh, during the night. So all those elements are on your face. You touch your, your face when you sleep. So you want to make sure that um, when you wake up, um, you also wash your face. At night, though, I do uh, double cleansing. I use the La Mer uh, cleansing oil. I love to melt the makeup. Um away from my skin. And then I use the cleansing foam. Those two are quite frankly, my favorites. I will say that for my eyes, I like to use the micellar, um, just ensuring that, uh -huh. you know, that area is uh, well um, um, clean and without tagging. So it has to be a really good performing product so that I don't tag along. This area is very, um, as you know, it's very mm. um, fragile, the skin around our eyes don't have uh, that amount of lipids because we don't have sebaceous glands. We don't have them in our lips. We don't have sebaceous glands in our lips. That's why they get dry. But we also have very few sebaceous glands in this area. That's why it gets dry and it's fragile. Um, but then also I follow up with um, the treatment lotion. And the treatment lotion is something that really, I, before I joined the brand, um, I was not using the treatment lotion. And <gasps> um, oh. uh -huh. I oh know. Goodness. I know. And then I started using the treatment lotion and I understood that going from a dry skin to a serum, um, which I was already a fan of the concentrate, that's the serum I use. Mm. It's not necessarily maximizing my hydration levels, but also um, the absorption of the serum. So if you think about um, uh, absorption of uh, something, you think of a paper towel, if the paper towel is completely dry, you know, and then you put some, you know, a serum on top, it's not going to absorb, but the paper uh, towel is wet and you put something on, then that wetness is going to help with the absorption. This is the same kind of the same principle. You want to apply your most potent skincare with your skin, um, a bit um, hydrated and wet. Um, I suggest that it's with the treatment lotion, but if it still has a little bit of water and you don't have the treatment lotion because you run out of it, just leave some water on your face and then put the serum um, and then it brings in, it locks in the moisture. And then of course I follow up with the creme de la mer. I admit that I use it morning and night. Um, 
and I uh, switch with the moisturizing soft cream. And then I use something I really use. I would say I overuse the lip balm, the one in the. Oh bar. yeah. I have it everywhere. I'm very fortunate. Um, that was one one of my um, last purchases before I joined the brand. Actually, that was a, a cult of product from of me, and I I had one, but now I have one in every purse. <laughs> and my daughter um, Alba, she steals them from me, uh, and I really, really, really put a lot of um, lip balm at night. And of course, staying conscious of the sun and using your SPF. We have a phenomenal SPF um, that's really um, smooth. Um, it really protects your skin and you can put it on top of your creme and then you follow with your um, um, makeup. I am a makeup obsessed uh, person. I really love makeup, uh, but I also like to remove makeup and see my skin. Um, I like to see um, through my skin. I like to, you know, just make sure that it's healthy and that, you know, not to look younger or older, but, you know, we all know when our skin is at its best and uh, how that makes us feel. And it really does help me uh, throughout my day. I'm very glad you mentioned the lip balm because uh, not to make it about me, but I recently had lip blush tattoo. So obviously you have to put on a lot of balm throughout the healing process. And my cosmetic tattooist could not believe how quickly I healed it's La Mer. Because of the course. lip balm has miracle broth and yeah. it has that healing uh, element and also inflammation. So it does work really well. Next time also make sure you put uh, the concentrate before and it really, really does also help. That's a great tip. I'll do that after my touch-up appointment. You <laughs> have been a part of the beauty industry for over a decade now. Over that time, from either an industry or a science-specific standpoint, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry as a whole? And what changes do you think we can expect to see from the industry over the coming few years? So, um, yes, I have been in the industry for a decade now. And I, I wish to stay in the industry until the day I die and the day mm -hmm. after, because it really is my passion and it really is what, um, you know, it, it's it's that personal and professional uh, element that whether I'm working or not, it's in my mind and it's my passion. And I will say that um, if I look back as, at uh, when I was a teenager back in Spain and how skincare um, and the beauty industry was, even when I was here during my college and then during the postdocs, I remember that the, the beauty industry was more, um, there were less brands, there were less um, offers. Um, and that's not a good or bad, but I, I did see a huge explosion of skincare, which when I got into the beauty industry for me um, was a um, phenomenal because you do want excitement. You do want consumers to enjoy the categories. You do want that um, element of, um, of passion. If it's just three people selling three products, frankly, you know, you don't, you're not on your toes if there's not that you know element of always being your best and you can't sleep on your laurels mm. uh, not that we ever would but you know this is very important i would say also consumers have become extremely savvy and knowledgeable as they should and this is very important to us as a brand like lamier it's very important that um, our consumers devotees and consumers in general use um, trusted products products that are safe um, and that are um, good for your skin, but that are also to maintain healthy skin and not make it worse. So 
the fact that consumers are actually paying attention, they're researching, they're looking, they're reading their reviews, they're kind of like demanding from brands, okay, let me, show me, show me the data. Don't show me a pretty before and after. Don't show me, show me the data. Who, who supports you? Do you have any terms behind you? What is the science behind it? Have you published anything? To us, it's music to our ears that consumers are actually hungry for this because this is where we started. We are a brand founded by uh, uh, you know, an astrophysicist, by a scientist. And um, you know, when consumers are not hungry for that data, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's important. You know, whether you come to us or you know, you go to someone else, you need to know um, what you put in on your skin, just like you need to know what you eat, um, et cetera. So this is those these two things I would say the 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 product offering, but also a phenomenal explosion of information requested by consumers as they should, and making the brands that were not doing that before really um, show okay where's the data, where's the proof. So I think those two are advancements in the industry that I hope they stay and it's it's not it doesn't seem to be a trend anymore that we are all of us are held to the highest standards of safety, quality, and of course, um, benefits on your skin. I think that's the beauty of being able to chat to you now, being able to direct people here and say, okay, it's not just a beautiful luxury brand that's nice Mm -hmm. to have on your vanity or your dressing Mm -hmm. table or whatever it might be. There's science here because people are asking for it. As they should. Mm. And we're glad because when you're a brand that, you're born from that you're born from 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 science and you know this is the core of what we do every single day the fact that consumers are hungry and they're requesting this is very important uh to us and it really um it's a it's um quite an 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 incredible times that we have arrived um I, i understand the internet has really of course become a huge portion of that of uh, information and and consumers really uh, ensuring that you know what they're purchasing is safe and also of the highest quality so um it's a uh, it's good times my final question what is next for the mayor that's you know it's interesting that's one of the the things uh you know a lot of people ask me what's next and you know there's 25 million things that are next to be honest uh, because as scientists, we're constantly looking at what we have. So go to the counter, whatever you see on that counter, we're looking at it again and again and again. But then also um, at La Mer, we're looking at rather than trends, rather than, um, you know, we do look at trends. Of course, we listen to consumers. It's just a push and pull, right? Um, but where's science going? Where Where is the next innovation? What is the next uh, thing that's going to maintain that healthy skin. How can we support you better? Um, and that's like a constant, um, it's a very scientific mindset. You know, I no one could think of a scientist thinking, oh, we are, once I discover this, I'm just going to close the lab or oh, I get the Nobel Prize. I close the lab and then goodbye, I can retire. These are things that, uh, you know, you're constantly looking into evolution. When I mean evolution, I mean, again, Every single thing that you see from La Mer, we're looking at, but also, you know, what's the next eye cream? What is the next um, uh, serum? What is, how can we maximize uh, the benefits? 
What is the next um, element that you want to see on your skin? What are those immediate effects? You know, what are the long-term effects that you want to see on your skin? But also, you we have to partner that with the scientific knowledge. Knowledge is constantly um, uh, evolving in terms of the science that we know of the skin, inflammation, healing. How does the skin heal itself? How does the skin um, um maintain its healthy state? How does inflammation affect skin? That's a very important element at La Mer. And how does that translate into our products and maintaining that youthful skin? And you could think of many vehicles for that. You could think of any serums, you could think of an eye cream, you could think of a moisturizer, you could think of a mask, you could think of, um, you know, um, a, a neck cream, the collagen, you know, hand creams. Um, we look at our skin as the biggest organ and we're constantly thinking, what is next? What what does our La Mer devotee next next? And how can we bring that science forward into our formulas and our uh, formulations? That was Dr. Rathia Rivera, Global Senior Vice President of La Mer, which you can, of course, find on Instagram at La Mer. To read more, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts until the end of this week when I become Gem Diamond. Thank you for joining me for five years of Glow Journal. And please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts for now. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and I'll see you for season six. The Glow Journal podcast would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced. We pay our respects to elders past and present.